is David Vitterman, the Cobra. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? My name's Evan Ferry, and we're on the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of the Vital MX Moto X Pod Show. This week it's episode 257, presented by Racetech and Boysen. We're back into our my studio back home. I made it to Texas, drove, 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 I, I, I drove, drove. I drove 24, Aww. 23 and a half hours to get home. <laughs> and haven't slept yet. <laughs> yeah, is- 23 and a half hours to get home from uh, Vegas from the Pulp Show the other night. Got in this morning, back in our studio in Texas. So. My co-host, DJ TJ. We don't really use it anymore. TJ Smith in studio. Yeah. What's I'm up, man? I'm not DJ anymore. Yeah. What's up, TJ? Well, what's up, man? How's it feel to be back in the studio? It feels great. Well, I mean, I didn't know if we are going to make it here because it's like a winter wonderland outside. They yeah. have to basically have a snowmobile to get anywhere around here, but yeah. It's it's wild for us for here is. in East Texas. The, the, the Getting through Dallas this morning was, was interesting at 5 a.m., but I was not going to stop. And I don't know if you noticed, all the guys that were 18-wheeler drivers that are used to it are driving like no problem, and the people in East Texas are losing their mind and all <laughs> over the road and in the ditches. Yeah, I doubt they have to deal with that type of driver up north. But down right. here in Texas, yeah, it's Armageddon. Also in studio, Scotty Thompson. What's up, Scotty? What's Good going on? Been yeah, like five six weeks since we've had, I know. had a regular show. Welcome back to Texas. Yeah, we're back again. Episode two fifty seven. Uh, Michael Lindsay is going to join us here in a little bit. Lewis is busy working out in California, so he will not be on the show this week. Uh, this week we were supposed to have Hayden Deegan. So if you guys joined to listen to Danger Boy. I apologize. He had to cancel literally about 30 minutes ago. Has some family stuff come up. Uh, but Jeremy Martin and Austin Forkner will be on the show. Again, if you guys are listening post, we are not live this week because of the travel schedules. Uh, MLs at Phoenix Honda. But anyway, I want to also talk about Boyson. Boyson, we're excited to spotlight Boyson's factory racing's rider support program, a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. So join the community of Boyson Factory Flyers. Visit boyson.com to apply now. Uh, TJ, so this is the Boyson Intake Discussion. We're going to call it ML in just a few minutes, but let's talk about A2 as a whole. Triple Crown, a lot of mayhem, all just the track. I thought the track was awesome. Very yes. busy. Like huge Some really on TV. cool sections. Did you get to watch it on TV? Uh, I did watch it back. I watched Man. it on my laptop actually Sunday night before I, or Monday morning before I went to Pulp. But yeah, yeah what do you think of, of the racing? The Triple Crown this week, like I said on Pulp, man, I I, I'm, I love them. After after this weekend, it was just I thought it was fantastic. Yes, they are. Um, I think the Triple Crowns are awesome. And somebody pointed out on one of the podcasts I listened to it. I think the track has a lot to do with how the. Um, the triple crowns play out the longer track and the fact that for whatever reason I know the jumps are all the same length and the same face pitches, but they just, the track looked big and it looked like, like, how do you say this? Like what you consider a pro level. I had some people kind of watching it a little bit with me that aren't moto people and they were like, Oh wow, look at that. Oh, look at that big old jump. You know, that kind of stuff where normally that I don't see that reaction from them. 
Yeah, the, well, the way it was laid out, <clears throat> going across the start-finish line multiple times, or the start line, not, the, not yeah. the, but the start line multiple times. There was long, long se- sections. Yeah. And some of those riders were talking about on on track walk and like, oh, man, that's – like even Jet mentioned, like that is big. Yeah. I got to jump that. I'm a little nervous. Scotty, what do you think watching it? Uh, what do you think about the Triple Crown as a whole this weekend in particular, I guess? But overall, like after this weekend, how do you feel about Triple Crowns? Because I, I almost feel like we need more. Well, to, let me, to touch on the track real quick, when when I saw the the long straightaways and how it was going to cross over multiple times, I was skeptical that it was going to take away from some of the things that, as a diehard fan of the sport, was going to be lacking, like long rhythm lanes and you know passing opportunities. I, I sometimes it's it's optically weird to see them on a supercross track having like a like they're doing 60 miles an hour on a straightaway like that's like yeah, those, nobody yeah. can separate anything i was nervous that the track was going to uh, uh being that that layout was going to prohibit some of that stuff but it really didn't the, no. the rhythm lanes were still really awesome they had that that step on thing that ended up ultimately taking tomac out that was a wild line yes. and that was i've never seen i haven't i maybe it's probably happened, but it's been a long time since I've seen somebody step over a jump onto another yeah, triple. Like triple yeah, that off to on that was yeah. cool. So so none of so none of that was was taken away from the track. So I thought I was pleasantly surprised on that. As far as the triple crowns go, I I think that they're a good part of the sport. I think that it changes the game, and you know a guy like Tomac, you know if that's if that was his big moment if the, of this season. It you know it didn't really hurt him that bad so it, yeah it, I was surprised yeah so it, it it's cool I think it changes it changes the game it changes the mindset I don't really know what what you could change about it um I think that the the racing was good and you know like any it's up to it's up to a start so it really it really changes the game on that and I I, I thought that was it was a fun part of the night it just there was guys that had a bad race moto, whatever we want to call it, and then they had a good race. And like I just thought it was, it just brought a lot of excitement. And yeah. and then that two fifty moto two with Phil leading, yeah. I dude was absolutely losing my mind in the press box. I was yelling like I, you know, I was being very unprofessional as yeah. far as some some of those other media guys might think, but they were all yelling too because yeah. we were yeah. just like, oh my god, he might win this thing. And and then the lights came on, and we we're like, what the. Fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it was just. I was like, I think uh, I literally said, whatever those lights are, because we didn't know they were felled or AMA yeah. stuff. We were like, I was like, if he wins this thing, whatever those lights are, he's going to get disqualified. Now he's going to take his only win away. Yeah. It. It was just. I, I was so excited, and the the track was a little deceptively loose, or in some places, like after yeah. the finish, where everybody kept crashing. I mean, we had McAdoo, RJ, Pierce, Jet, Max, Chase, I mean, all these guys crashing throughout the night. It was just an exciting night yeah. of racing, Scotty. I mean, I don't know. I loved it. I I really I thought Phil was going to hang on to that races one. races I've seen in a long time. And then the battle that Kenny and Eli had in race two, I think it was, for a little while. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, those guys were going at it. And, like, the big triple, I think, Eli had to roll it one time, and and then he just launched off into the sand, mm-hmm. and it was such good racing. I, oh, I but, I think one of the biggest statements that was made this this weekend was we in that last main, 
Chase got out, and that's what he, that's what his plan was, and and that didn't surprise me. And I I think if he puts himself in those positions, that's where he's going to thrive. What what I think was the biggest statement was the fact that Tomac caught Cooper, and Cooper made him work for it, and it ultimately caused you know the, for his race to be over. Because I really think past Cooper wouldn't have been able to hold off Tomac in those situations and the racecraft that he showed in that and the and the fact that he was able to hold Tomac and cause him to make a mistake I think that's going to play a big part of this upcoming season that 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 brings me something if I can real yeah, quick when you're talking about that and and y'all know me I'm a Cooper fan right I'm a fan yep. of Cooper but I think you brought up a, a really interesting thing when you said he was Holding Cooper, I mean, holding Tomac back. That's what he was doing. Like, I don't think Tomac intentionally. Got, I think. Well, no. Well, what I'm saying is, I don't think Tomac like was trying so hard to pass him and crashed. I, I, if you watch his line, anybody who's like really breaks it, he just got in a he got cross rutted because. Mm. God, it sounds so terrible as a Cooper fan to say, but Cooper was in his way. He's like he wasn't going, I got to get by this guy right now. It was more like, okay, I'm going to go here, and it just kind of caught him off guard, where I I think that he was just kind of holding back, staying back until he had the pass set up. I don't think that Cooper had anything for him if he got by. I don't either, I but I, I, I Eli was faster. Yeah. But with the way Cooper races, I feel like he might have been able to keep him back there long enough for Eli to make a, 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 st- a different mistake than he actually yeah. did. Yeah. To get in Eli's head a little bit where Eli gets frustrated and does something dumb. Yeah. I yeah. think that was kind of what he's yeah. he's done before. He's done it with Kenny. You if know? that's his plan, it's not going to work. Like, well, not long term, but I think yeah. it might have worked that night. The, the point I was making was that last year – he wouldn't have been able. It wouldn't. Oh, have, no. It wouldn't oh, have no, gone no, like that. Totally so it was. It was definitely part. a big statement on Cooper's. Yeah, he's part. a totally different guy. I talked to him on press day and asked him that question. I was like, you know, in nineteen and twenty one, you're a different guy than you were in twenty and twenty two, and now we're back to another odd number odd, here. Odd like years. Other, and he's like, yeah, I've been getting that a lot, and it, and it's almost like he just needs a year off or something, you know, to to get going again. I think Cooper's really got that bike chassis figured out and the suspension figured out. And sp- speaking of suspension. Our presenting sponsor, Racetech, wants to let you guys know that you can get the same great products, settings, and services that Racetech offers locally to you with a tuner you can drive to and likely see at your local racetracks. Racetech has a network of service centers around the globe who have access to the same parts and settings as Racetech's headquarters in Corona, California. Log on to Racetech.com to find the Racetech Service Center near you. This week's featured Racetech Service Center is Moto Experts in Utah, Leaders in off-road and motocross suspension setups. If you're doing some off-road riding up in Utah, finding some motocross tracks out there, check out Moto Experts in Utah. Visit Racetech.com to find out their phone number and get a hold of those guys. Get your suspension dialed in. Get you looking good out there in Utah where you can, you know, the better your suspension, the faster you're going to be. Service at those forks. Get your uh, shock rebuilt when it's time. Don't. It'll be sagging. And since they have them everywhere, Cooper probably could have used one overseas when he was racing. <laughs> when he was in Paris? <laughs> in Paris, yeah. Right, that right. Was bad, but. Once again, this is the uh, the voice and intake discussion. We're going to take a break. and We're just going to get ML on here in just a moment, and we're going to talk about some other topics of the night. All right, we got the man, my boss, from Vital MX on the line, Michael Lindsay. What's going on, dude? Oh, not much. Just uh, hanging out here and uh, – Sorry, some funny stuff. Uh, I'm just hanging out here in North Carolina uh, for the week right now, shooting. But uh, that's about it. How about yourselves? 
Uh, I'm tired. The other guys are just lazy, I'm but tired. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we were not able to do a live show because of my travel plans, your travel plans. What are you doing out there at Phoenix Honda? Uh, here doing some video and photo shoot stuff for the team. Um, we actually did some in December. They have multiple operations between Supercross, Arena Cross, Motocross, GNCC. They also have an ATV division. We're doing some stuff with ATV guys. We're doing some stuff for some of our advertisers for Vital while we're out here. They're involved with the team. Uh, David Eller owns the team. He's a really good buddy of mine. And some of the brands I've linked them in with, some of them are just happen to we all work with. So kind of yeah. worked out. Uh, get to do. We're also doing a really cool feature for Houston. Uh, Dylan, our one of our videographers, is pretty much following Cody Shock for the day because it's going to be you know, 330-something days since Cody has raced uh, from his last injury. So we're following him for the weekend as well. Yeah, I'm excited about seeing Cody come back. Uh, before we get to Austin here in just a few minutes, Abel, I want to bring up Chase Sexton and Cooper Webb are both tied for second place, four points down. Eli still looked like the faster guy, but they're getting closer. I, I really feel like Cooper is going and chase are going to throw a little bit of a monkey wrench into Eli running away with this thing. As they figure things out, we get back East, the tracks change. How likely do you feel it is that chase and Webb can get some wins in the next couple rounds? Um, so I, I'm really curious. I think it depends on some of the terrain we're going to hit. Um, I think we actually get back more in Eli's wheelhouse. I think last weekend was going to be one of his weaker races because he tends to be a little worse on hard pack and Chase seems to be better. So I thought I thought like Chase actually had Eli's number last week and I think part of that's why Eli's mistake. I think he was pushing very hard to run the early pace that Webb and Chase were going to run. Um, I think that's why we saw such an uncharacteristic major crash from him. He, I mean, think about it, like I've been trying to process the last time I really saw Eli throw it away. And it's, it's been a long been time. A long time he usually just washes the front or something um so i i kind of lean like houston uh should be a bit soft on the softer side um potentially i can't remember if tampa's hard pack not like i I could see this playing a little more in eli and coop's hands um but then like arlington can be kind of hard we'll get to oakland so i think we'll see you know any of those three can win on any night but i kind of lean like the next round or two might be in eli or coop's hands more maybe we see we see chase coming in with another win at like a, an Arlington or Oakland, if I'm just going off of kind of how, what I think of how they kind of ride based on the material. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like Roxon is getting – this. that was the best Roxon I feel like we've seen so far this year. He looked the most comfortable, which actually kind of rolls into a question that you had, Scotty. Once you bring that topic back up, we were talking about a little while ago. Yeah, so <clears> – excuse me. So, um, it's, so, you know, the stat is that five or six uh, riders will win per season – and I think yep. it's I think we've seen that Cooper Anderson and uh, Tomac and Sexton are kind of done, put themselves at the the four fastest guys. And I was going to ask them who who do you think the fifth and sixth guy to get a win would so, be if you think that's even going to happen. So I don't think we'll get to six. I think we'll stick to the the common five. Um, I I even like listening. It's like I almost. And I'm even worried about the five. We could go to the the low four, which has happened a couple times. The five is definitely the average. Um, I would have said a round ago I was leaning towards Malcolm. Um, of course, we don't really know what's going on with Malcolm's injury. They're being oddly quiet about it, which kind of worries me. I'm wondering if it's if it's you know something he's getting double checked out, like a knee or something. So I'm kind of in the boat. Like I think we're we're going to lose Malcolm for the season potentially. 
Um, I think Kenny's really the only other one that can do it at this point. Uh, pass winners, you know, Mars dealing with hand injury, won't be back for a while. Um, he's kind of week to week, but I think, you know, I, I just don't know if he rebounds at all. I don't think AC or Plessinger is quite there yet. Um, Christian really, you know, struggling right now. Because I think some people think, oh, he could even potentially win this year or something. Um, yeah, I think it's the the four we named out that are obvious: Anderson, Webb, Sexton, Eli. Um, if anyone is number five, I think it's Kenny. But I'm I'm still not 100% sold on it. Like, I think there's a good chance. But if we hit the end of the season with only four winners, I also wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you brought up something a second ago that, and you weren't on here, but I was talking about. I don't think that Tomac was really, I guess, from watching TV, because I wasn't there and y'all were, but I don't. it didn't look like he was actually having to push that hard. It looked more like, because on the TV, the way they broke it down, like you could see it in slow-mo, it looked more like just a mistake, not overriding. Like I felt like more like, I guess you'd say Cooper was, and like I told them, I'm a huge Cooper fan, so I, this sounds terrible to say, but more like Cooper was in his way instead more than just frustrating him, if that makes sense. Did you say frustrating? Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I From on the floor, I saw him being pretty erratic in places, so I was definitely, and based on how he rode in the Airmates, he just didn't have, compared to round one and two, don't get me wrong, he's riding yeah. amazing, but compared to what we saw round one and two, I didn't see him have the field. Gotcha. Um, I, I thought the move might have been, Coop's been the one putting a lot of pressure on him. He mentioned in a post-race interview for me from Diego, like he is definitely concerned with what Coop can do. Yeah. And he talked about literally that he had to give it everything to beat Coop at Diego and was being pressured. Okay. So I was kind of like, ah, you know, he's got Cooper right in front of him, chase down the lead. I'm sure there's a part of him want to make it happen quick. I don't know if I would say like terrible pressure, but just it's so uncharacteristic. They threed on that far left and stepped off. So I was like, okay, maybe he was just rushing things. Yeah. Because if anything, I, I guess I don't know if I would say like, oh, Cooper Chase had him in speed. I think he had the ability to make the move, but I think he's been really good the last two weeks at actually making moves early, which is kind of un-Eli-esque. And I'm wondering if he tried, again, seeing where Cooper Chase was, I was wondering if he was like, I need to make it happen early. And he rushed he rushed it a little more than maybe he needed to, and that's why we saw him, a mistake out of him. It was definitely just a mistake, but I'm kind of wondering, I'm kind of wondering if it just has to do with those guys' position. Yeah. And like, so where he's been the last couple of weeks, if he, he made a mental decision, like, okay, I need to go now and just maybe put it, try to make it happen in the wrong spot. Cause he was rushing things. Yeah. Cause he has the, like maybe changing a mindset where he used to just sit back and try to get it when he can. And now maybe he's changing his mindset to get moved up early. Like you said. Yeah. I think you got to capitalize on, on what he's been doing the first two rounds. Yeah. And again, where he's in a position where, okay, I've been able to beat cause Coop's kind of guy, like you don't want Coop to beat you. Even if, even if Eli's strong mentally, just where it puts Coop in the position of, I keep being like, okay, I'm not going to let him get my number at this race. I mean, if you're in a, if you feel good and you're in an opportunity position, even though it's early in the season, if you feel good enough, I mean, you might as well try to keep the momentum going. Don't give, like, I could give Chase an inch because I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't want to get beat by Chase, but man, I really wouldn't want to get beat by Coop. I feel like you don't want to get him an inch. Like he is so mentally strong when he clicks on. He'll build on that, build on that. I think really what I took away from Eli's crash is he probably didn't have clear vision. He didn't have X brand and X brand has quietly grown into one of the premier goggle choices available using some of the most grueling conditions in the GNCC as well as what are you laughing at over there, TJ? You don't like that. You don't like that. Transition? That's beautiful. Continue, please. <laughs> 
So take it from the company that makes the premier goggles for Alpine Stars, worn by Hunter Lawrence, the factory ride goggles worn by Muckoff FXR Club MX Yamaha, and the WUSA goggles, and even the Ronnie Mack goggles. Visit xbrand.com or visit your local dealership. Check out X-Brand Goggles, distributed through WPS. Tonight, X-Brand brings us Austin Forkner. What's up, Austin? How you doing tonight, man? Uh, not too bad. Um, crutching. Crutching around. I'm about sick and tired of those things already. It's been, I guess, since I did my last ACL that I've done a leg injury. It's been all arms and shoulders and stuff. And I don't miss crutches. So that that, that sucks. But, I mean... I'm doing about, I guess, as good as I can be right now. Yeah, I would assume overall you just are sick of being hurt, dude. And that's really what we got to get into, man, is I've talked to you so many times, and I just can't imagine what's going on in your head right now. Last year, I think round two, you go down. This year, basic, I mean, you don't even get through the first one. You're right off the start, right? And I just don't even, what is going on in your head that night, the next day, we're now a month later. Just tell us what's going on. I mean, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm like, I, I wouldn't even say I'm the most like, like mad or sad or whatever that I've ever been because I've kind of been through this now. So it's like, like, honestly, I didn't even really, you know, throw a big fit or have a real like breakdown or kind of whatever. Like, like I, I didn't really have a whole lot of that. I just feel like I'm kind of, just a little numb to it at this like i'm just like there, there's not really a lot to to say or there's not a lot to uh to you know obviously there's a lot to be mad mad about or sad about or whatever but it's just like man what like like what do i even <laughs> there, there's just like it's just like man again basically not there's, there's nothing to be like i'm kind i'm trying to think like there's i've thought about what i can learn or like man is there a is there a, a reason this happened? Everybody says, Oh, there's a reason. There's a reason for everything. Everything happens for a reason. And I'm just like, man, I, I thought that back in 2019, maybe 2020, Hey, maybe things did happen for a reason. Hey, may, maybe this did happen for a reason. Maybe if I would have raced that race, I would have, my bike would have locked up on a triple and I would have gotten hurt even worse. You know, who, who knows? Yeah. But man, as of, as a, like, it's been harder and harder to look at, things as everything happens for a reason or have that outlook because man i what reason you know what 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 is the reason for for this like what is there to learn that that i need to get a better start like yeah i mean that's pretty clear i should have gotten a little bit of a better start but i mean i'm not going to get the whole shot every time like it just you know i mean it just I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of where I am. I guess it's just hard to, uh, not, not really hard to accept, just hard to, um, hard to deal with them over and over and over because that's just kind of that that's, I don't know. That's what's just, what's going through my mind. I guess a little bit right now. You may not ever know the quote unquote reason, but just with that start, you brought up, you you see people, the keyboard warriors and different people say, Oh, he should have done this or should have done that. When you rewatch it, do you see anything you could have done differently? I mean, the only thing I could have done differently, I'm, my rut was a little sideways out of the gate. Um, I had, I was third in the race and I think we were the slower heat. So I had six gate pick and that inside only had 10 gates. So, um, I didn't really have, like, I didn't have the, and I wasn't going to line up outside, like outside just wasn't really going to work. So I, 
um, I wasn't really going to, uh, I wasn't really going to, um, uh, like I didn't really have a great gate pick out of the, like it wasn't great. It was a decent position, but the, but the rut was kind of sideways out of the gate. And you saw exactly what happened. It was sideways to the left, which went into RJ. So I I basically followed my rut and that's kind of just what happened out of it. Me and RJ came together. So that, that was kind of bound to happen. Um, which then kind of, we both kind of got off balance. He got even a worse start than I did. Um, but we both kind of got off balance. I came into him and then he, and then he came, he came, then I, I kind of, my front wheel kind of popped up just a little bit, which is good. That's what you want. You want your front end to be lifted just a couple inches off the ground. Like that's, that's pretty much what you want, um, on a start. So that didn't really concern me, but what can, but what was going on is I start because me and RJ got together. I kind of started coming back right a little bit and those guys started to come left because the first turn was a left-hander. So we just came and because my front, my front wheel was off the ground by the time I realized, Oh, me and Cameron are coming together. Um, it was my front end was on the ground. So even if I would have immediately checked up and, and, like immediately hit the brakes or checked it. Like it, it, do, it doesn't really just happen. You can't, I, mean, I wasn't just going to just grab a handful of front and rear brake going down the start straight. Like that just, it doesn't happen. And even, even like, yeah, it was a weird crash. Like I crashed down the start straight, which doesn't happen that often, but I watched last weekend's race and Tomac almost did the same thing out of the gate. And one of the mains, um, uh, yeah, I think it was, a, I think it was last weekend. Pretty sure it was, uh, Somebody came over on him out of the gate and he did the same thing. His, he wasn't going as fast because it was, I think it was sooner out of the gate or it may have been closer to the turn when everybody was started breaking or whatever. I don't, I don't know, but he wasn't going as fast, but he did the same thing. And his front end, twi- like his, he, his whole shot device was still locked down. So he got like a little bit of head shake and he kind of almost did the same thing. Um, he just didn't dab his foot as hard like I did. Um, so um, I don't know. I mean, when I look back at it, I, I don't know that there was a lot of things. I mean, obviously, the only thing I could have done was just shut off earlier, um, just just lift. And whenever I saw those guys coming over on me, just kind of accept like, OK, I'm not going to get a good start. Um, uh, but I mean, that it all happened so quick. Like by the yeah. time I saw them coming over and realized we were going to hit, I did hit the brakes. I did hit the brakes, but. I mean, I was already into the back of uh, Cameron's tire, and whenever I was in the back of Cameron's tire, that's whenever I, I had to dab my leg, and w- once I, it wasn't even the crash. The crash, it looked really bad, and I was a little sore from it. Not really that bad though, um, but it wasn't even the crash that was bad. It, it was as soon as I dabbed my foot. That's I think that's why I crashed was because whenever I dabbed my foot, I felt it pop. Like I, I felt it, and I went, oh. Like I had that kind of like hesitation, you don't like just that, like, Oh no. Like I quit Mm -hmm. thinking about the race and I was thinking about, Oh shit. I think I just tore my ACL like that. That that's what I thought immediately. So I was like, I think that's why I crashed because I was like, I had that just, I, I quit focusing on exactly what I was doing. And I was like, Oh no, I think I just, I think I just tore my knee (laughs) and then bam. And I was like, Oh, and then I was on the ground and, and, but I, I was fine from the, I, I, I rolled, I kind of did my top to bottom check real quick whenever I was on the ground. But I, I knew as before the medics got to me, which they were right to me because they were in the first turn. 
Um, and I rolled over and they were like, what, are you okay? What, what's wrong? And I was like, dude, I, I think I just, I just did my knee. And they were like, Oh no, really? And I was like, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then, yeah, that's what it ended up being. So, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's not a lot. I really, I don't know. In hindsight, yeah, there are things I could have done different, but, um, I yeah. mean, it's the start and sometimes chaotic things happen on the start. So, yeah. And, um, you, and, and you, you had yeah. mentioned like letting off, but you're, you're like, you know, you're a racer. You're never going to win races letting off. So like, I, I, I totally get that. Um, you know, you, you had, you had mentioned, you know, t- trying to find the reason and all that stuff. And I, what I wanted to know was what your silver lining throughout this whole thing was, you know, what, what can you look forward to? And also what you would suggest to somebody else that's that's going through a, some kind of an adverse situation, maybe for the first time, because man, unfortunately, you've you've had a life's worth of adversity, and and, and I think it's going to you be valuable to teach that to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I guess really that that's kind of it. The the um, I don't know what I'm really looking forward to. Um, uh, or, or, or look like, I, I don't really, I guess, know what my motivation or whatever is to come back. It seems like it's getting, I mean, it seems like it's, it's getting harder and harder to stay motivated with each injury because it's just like, there's always that kind of the more and more you get hurt, there's that in the back of your mind of just, okay, it's not, if it's going to happen now, it's when it's going to happen mm. and how long am I going to not be hurt basically. So that's kind of a, uh, it sucks. And I don't want to think like that. That's the opposite of how you should be thinking when you're riding a dirt bike, but that's just, that's the reality of it. And anybody who's been hurt that says, no, those thoughts never creep in those, those never, then they're lying because, because those thoughts are there. It's just how much you can, how much you can silence them basically. Um, and with every injury, it's, it gets harder and harder to kind of silence those, uh, thoughts. But I mean, the only, I guess the only thing that, um, well, I guess something that, I guess in the time maybe didn't, didn't help me. Uh, it actually made me feel worse, but, um, about three days right after I made that post on Instagram, just explaining what happened. Um, I had this, uh, I'm almost getting choked up talking about it cause it had a pretty big impact me on the time. Um, I had this kid, uh, uh, I think he DM'd me or it may have been a comment. I think it was a comment. Um, it was this kid and he said, he gave me this story and I screenshotted it, but it was, the story said, Hey man, I went, uh, so I went to Loretta's this year and he was 11 years old. I think he said, Hey man, I'm 11 years old or whatever. I, I went to Loretta's for the first time this year. My family moved from Colorado to Texas, uh, like uh, this for like three months so I could practice and I could train. And this was my first time going. And in the first moto, he got like an ear infection from swimming in the lake or something. The second moto, he got a flat tire and the third moto, um, he, uh, uh, oh, he said on the site lap, he dabbed his leg and he felt it pop in his knee and he ended up tearing his ACL. Um, and he said, uh, but he said, and so that he said was, was really, really, you know, devastating for them. That was his first trip. His family did all this stuff to try to get him prepared. And then that, and then, you know, he had terrible luck or for whatever reason did bad all three motos. Um, and then ended up leaving with an ACL gone. But he said he, the words that stuck with me where he said, uh, if, but I knew that if I, that he said, I knew if you could do it, then I could too. And I yeah. was like, man, that's awesome. I was like, that's that, that, that like, 
and then and then shortly after that i got another comment that said um that said hey man it all like you're a good one for the sport and just so you know all champions aren't defined by uh, a number one plate or by how many races that they win or championships that they have um beautiful so i, I mean i guess like both of those things, uh, you know, this kid telling me that, that because in, in a, in a right racer's mind, you think that, I mean, unless you're winning races or you're, uh, winning a championship that you're not doing your job or you're failing like that, that that's a fail. That's, that's a, that's a loss. Um, so having a kid tell me that, uh, that through my injuries, that that had somewhat of an impact on his life, like kind of his life in a way, right, you know, yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's because usually it's the it's the winning moments that have impacts on people you know they're oh oh i knew you could do it you know you showed you showed me that a kid out of a small town you know you could go and you could do something with your life you know whatever stuff like that but on not not a lot of people have said that i've had some sort of kind of heavy impact or you know on their lives through my injuries so that was like um just a big moment, uh, I guess for me, I, it actually, I made me start crying. Cause I was, uh, at that point was like three days after it happened was probably the lowest, uh, point of the injury. It's kind of the, how it is every time, you know, you're hurting it's before surgery. It's so there's no kind of after surgery. It's kind of like, okay, I'm, it's just up from here. You know, it's just, it's fixed. It's over. It's done with, it's just up from here. But before surgery, that's kind of the worst time. A couple days after everything sinks in, um, and that's usually the roughest time. But so I have a kid tell me that um, that I had that much of a, that, that some stuff that I've done in my life has has had an impact on on things that he's done in his life. So it showed him, you know, not to quit. He said, if, if you could do it, I could, too, type of thing. Like that was that was really big. And, and what I was saying earlier is at the time it made me feel worse is because at the time I was all the thoughts of, you know, I hate dirt bikes. I don't even want to race <laughs> anymore. You know, screw this. All, all that was going through my head, you know, at that time. So if anything, that, that made, that made things worse because to hear a kid <laughs> tell me that, that I had that big of an impact on his life and he didn't quit racing dirt bikes basically, or he didn't quit, you know, he didn't quit because he because he saw me go through this stuff and he knew that he could do it too because i could do it so for me for to have those thoughts of you know quitting or whatever running through my mind which it that's how it is after every injury like you know i mean it's pretty typical like hey screw this i hate dirt bikes whatever after every injury that's kind of typical so i and i knew that i i wasn't gonna quit it was just i knew i was like hey i'm gonna have these bad thoughts it's just let it play out everything will be fine but even have those thoughts running through my head and then have this kid tell me that I had that impact on his life. And now I'm thinking, now I'm having those thoughts running through my head. It made me feel like, to be honest, it made me feel terrible. It made me feel horrible. <laughs> so, um, you got to take, uh, yeah, take the pauses from it. And it, it yeah, yep. I think, I think that, that, that maybe that's why you got hurt. You were just saying earlier, I don't know why this keeps happening or, you know, what the reason is. Well, maybe that was the reason, uh, ML, you got something? Yeah. I was curious. Um, yeah. Have you, you're going through so much yourself right now, but then it follows up with, with your teammates between Seth and Joe now having their injuries. So I can imagine that Mitch is not exactly all those, all your riders now are going through pretty much hell. Yeah. And now have you talked to like with everything going on? Have you talked to Joe or Seth much? Have you guys kind of all like, 
in a sense, your, your mystery or talked much, or have you talked to Mitch? Because I can imagine, yeah, none of you are having a, a very positive experience at the moment. Yeah, um, I, I, I sent him texts and just said, man, I mean, I, hey, look, I, I didn't say much. I just said, I, I know how you feel. Like, look, wherever you guys are at in your careers right now, I've been there and I've done that. Being, you, they're both younger than me. And, you know, the, whatever the situation is, as far as injuries go, I've been through it. I pretty much, I mean, I've blown championships with injuries. I've gotten hurt at the first race. I've gotten hurt years in a row. I've, you know, I, I've been through kind of the, as far as injuries go, I've been through a bunch of different scenarios. So I just said, hey, you know, I know how you feel and it's going to be okay. Basically, and because I mean, there's not a lot to say in that situation. Yeah. There's not a lot that people are going to say that's going to make a huge difference, uh, you know, in that situation uh, at that time, too. Um, so I was just like, you know, man, it's going to be OK. Like, I, I know how you feel. Um, and as far as Mitch goes, um, yeah, uh, he was actually super, super supportive whenever I got hurt. Um, I talked to him the next day or, or soon after, um, probably, probably a couple of the next days after, cause I was seeing doctors and finding out the information and stuff on my knee. He was super, super, actually probably the best I've ever, um, had Mitch be as far as supportive wise. He was super, super supportive. Um, and, uh, uh, I mean, obviously that was before everybody else got hurt. And, um, <laughs> I talked to him a few days ago after kind of everybody had gotten hurt and he, uh, he was still like, like, I mean, he, he wasn't mean or, or, you know, anything like that, but you could just tell there was that different tone in his voice. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it, not, not saying that that tone wasn't justifiable, you know, like, I mean, he's, he lost both of his East coast guys and me in the first round and Cameron got hurt that weekend. He, he still raced, but he banged himself up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he, he, I would have been surprised if he didn't have a different tone as he did the first time. But, um, I mean, he's, he's been supportive through it, um, uh, as, as Cowie and, and, you know, Fox and Ethica. I mean, I'm getting, been getting, everybody's, you know, everybody's been supportive of me through, through, you know, through it. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Mitch is definitely, uh, that was, I mean, that was, a such an abrupt week you know, of, of things happening, I guess, or two weeks, I guess, between when I got hurt and when they got hurt was literally like two, two weeks or, or so, um, maybe three, but that was, uh, yeah, that <laughs> he definitely had a different demeanor in his voice. You could yeah. just, you could tell, but I mean, that's, does, it's justifiable, I guess. Does this time being her like compared to when it happened last year? Cause both of these situations compared to maybe some of the other inju- injuries, somewhat out of your control, somewhat happen chance they are what they are, but Last year, uh, when you got hurt with the incident with Jet, there was kind of a weird limbo in your career because you were with him one more time of basically pointing out a 250s. The rule hadn't changed yet. There was talk about you going 450s. So, I mean, it, it would have yeah. been this year would have been like total, this is it, or I'm never going to get to win, do 250s. Because if you even had a, you know, a good solid season, you were pointing out. Now, of course, yeah. they've changed the rule. Does that give you any solace sitting here just being like, okay, like, my 250 career isn't like you're not on that weird one year or done scenario with points. You can actually still 
you know, once you get on a is like once you get on a streak, once things kind of start going your way, you actually have a couple years that you can utilize and kind of probably do what you expected of yourself. Is have you thought that far ahead, or like say, can you take any souls in that? That yeah, you know, there's at least it's better situation than it was last time. Yeah, um, I, 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 it, I guess I, um, in my contract for this year, we were supposed. Well, it, it's been changed a few times now, obviously with injuries. But as of last year, I was supposed to go four fifties all through this year. The whole year yeah. was supposed to be four fifties, but um, we changed it, and they said, "Hey, we want to keep you two fifties for Supercross for sure, and yeah. most likely you'll go four fifties for outdoors." And we said, okay, that that's fine. Um, even though I, I was leaning towards going to 450 for Supercross anyway, but I was like, okay, you know, that that's okay. Um, I'll that that's fine. I I see where you guys are coming from. It's probably not a bad thing. Um, yeah, so that's fine. Um, so this year was kind of I, I had it in my mind that this was going to be the, my last year on a 250 anyway. Um, but at the same time, um, I've had it in my mind that that the past couple of years were going to be my last years on a 250 because I mean, like you said there for a little bit, I had, if I had one more good year, I was gone. Like the past, the past two or I mean, three years, even it's been, if, if I've, if I've been in a championship position in any of those years, like if I've made it even hell, even half the rounds getting podiums and stuff, I was going to point out. Um, so um, I've been thinking that it was going to be my last year for a couple of years now. And then it's, I've either gotten hurt or, or, or something along the, like that. That's, I mean, I guess that's pretty much what it's been. I've gotten hurt and missed enough races where I didn't point out. Um, so, I mean, I kind of have just been like, Hey man, I'm getting paid to ride my dirt bike another year. And you know, with how my track record has been with getting hurt and stuff, that's, that's good. I'll, I'll take it. I'm getting paid to, to race on a professional level on a, on the best team, you know, I'm not on a, I'm, I'm on a factory bike, um, whether it's 250 or 450, um, I'm fine with it. You know, whether I want to be 450 or I want to be 250 or whatever, I'm getting paid to race on a factory team, uh, a very, like a, a good amount to do something that I love that I, you know, grew yeah. up doing and that I, that I, I, I mean, I still love doing it. It's just, you know, times like this obviously suck, but, um, you know. I'm getting paid to do what I love. So, wow. uh, 250, 450, either way, you know, I, I'm just learn to be okay. Just, just, you know, be like, you know, just kind of roll with the, roll with the punches or roll, whatever, roll with it, you know? So right now, while you're rolling with the punches and you're spending this time off the bike, what kind of, just kind of a little bit of change of subject, what, what do you get into? What kind of hobbies do you have? And do you ever like, like, you know what, I'm going to be off for six months, so I'm going to pick up fishing for six months. Or like, What are you, what are you doing to kill the time right now and, and just do some mental healing? Um, well, uh, right now it sucks because I can't really do anything right now while I'm crutching around. In, in another month or so, whenever I can start walking, then, then I'll be able to do some normal stuff again. I've already got some, 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 some moto classes lined up and stuff like that to go to go teach some kids so that that's always good i always enjoy doing that no uh, video games or fishing non-moto um, stuff you don't do anything that's not moto yeah yeah I, I i do but that's just that's what i end up doing just to <laughs> i i feel like it keeps me grounded i feel like it helps but as far as doing well as far as doing fun stuff i, I i'm super into like shooting guns and stuff oh cool uh like like not really hunting just like right. target shooting and 
like ARs and stuff like that. You should uh, come, I, that's just that's what right, I like at, to do. But Oklahoma? unfortunately, I live in California now. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, there's not really any of that out there. So I have all my guns back in Oklahoma. So I, I kind of fly back and forth and, and shoot them there every now and then. Um, but other than that, I mean, other than that, it sucks because everything I do is is active. Yeah. Everything I like, what do I like to do other than ride dirt bikes? Uh, I like to mountain bike. I like to ride my BMX bike. I like to ride my scooter. I like to uh, do anything active. I mean, go to the park, go running with my dogs. I like to go to trampoline parks. I like oh, that, that. That's what I like to do. But all that stuff I can't do. Yeah. So e- even shoot my guns. I mean, I can go sit down at a range and do that. But like, I want to be able to run around and and you know shoot tar- shoot targets and then reload and then, do, you know, do, do stuff like that. Not, I don't just want to go sit down and, and shoot a target a couple of times. Like, you need that, to get that's a race simulator. So like, what it those- sucks because with this injury, like at least with the shoulders and whatever, like I could start running after they kind of quit hurting after a week or two. Um, then I could start, I could spin on the cycle and he, I could even go cruise around on my bike one handed around the neighborhood. I could still take the dogs for a walk. I could still, you know, I can still do a decent amount of stuff, but dude, with, with this, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't do anything. Like that's yeah. what I was saying at the beginning. I, I forgot how bad leg stuff <laughs> because even just, uh, I mean, I went over to, uh, I'm friends with Andy Buckworth and some of the pro BMX guys. Um, and they live just a little bit away from me and I went over to their house and watched, but I mean, just even crutching or, or getting in a position that my knee was comfortable and, and stuff like that is still like a, just a pain, you know, like doing, doing anything like that's a pain over like, uh, you know, like a shoulder injury or whatever. I, I dealt, did a few of those last year. So I kind of, that's just what I'm referring back to, but anything arm wise or like that, I would almost take over, over an ACL or over any sort of leg injury just, just because, you know, crutches yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. They take your mobility away, man. Hey, I, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're at dinner with, uh, I assume you're with Riley. And I appreciate you taking some time. I, I didn't even know if you'd be willing to do it because I thought you might be in a state of depression. So it's actually kind of good to hear that you're finding that you see some positives in it from the kid that you DM'd you and you're not too down. I mean, you're struggling, obviously, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you're not as depressed as I thought you were going to be. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's like what I said in the beginning is it's like uh, the last couple I was probably depressed for longer. But at this one, I'm just like, man, I'm just like honestly just uh, kind of numb i feel like just right. kind of numb i'm just like man you know like I, I, I it's it's i can't say i didn't see this coming you know it, it's like i can't say that that i'm not used to it or that i'm not been there done that or that i'm not you know it's not like i i'm not saying i saw this coming and i was just thinking oh it's only a matter of time but it's like it's not like i i didn't i don't know how to deal with this i guess or i, I wasn't you know, I, this is new to me. So it's just like, man, again, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's doing okay. I just saw a video actually just, just literally right before you called Verbmoto posted a video of my last amateur race back at Freestone with, with Sexton and Cantrell and Charbonneau and a bunch of those guys. And I, I commented, um, I commented back in my prime lol. And a bunch of people were liking it and stuff. And I had people saying, dude, get better. You're still in your prime. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm just joking. But I mean, it sucks seeing that stuff. And, and of you know, course. growing up, you never want to be one of those injured guys. And then it, it, I'm there. So well, it sucks. But, you know, it'll be all right. Everything, everything will be fine. I'll wake up tomorrow morning. The sun will come up and, 
everything will everything will be fine. It will be, man. Awesome. Thanks for taking some time. Enjoy your dinner and hope to see you back at the races real soon, bud. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate okay. talking to yeah. you. Take care. All right, thanks to Austin Forkner for coming on. Brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. And we're going to do an X-Brand giveaway. Just email the show, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. We'll pick a random winner for a set of Lucids. Rich Taylor hit me up today, and so let's give some goggles away. So you are not eligible, TJ. You are not eligible, Scotty. Michael Lindsay, you're definitely not eligible. You don't even wear it. Well, never mind. (laughs) I'm eligible, though. He told me I was eligible. Is that okay, Michael? Sounds like an an in. Sounds like an inside job. Sounds yeah. like BS. I just, I just need new goggles. So yeah. Uh, but thanks to X Brand, and I also want to thank WUSA for coming on board. All the guys, the guys over at W. Um, I got my W wheels. I got. I'm about to put those things on. Uh, ML. I got them home. They're they're a little iced over after the drive, but I can't wait to put my W wheels on my my Husky. You made it home with the freaking weather. I was like. I told you, text me if you stopped. I woke up this morning. I'm like, oh, no text from him. He's either still driving or he's in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, I just, I just, I had to drive through it too yesterday. And with his two wheel drive pickup, I was really surprised with his, the way he drives, that he wasn't in a ditch. Last year, you wouldn't have been in a ditch. Yeah, last yeah, somebody year. Hit me, but somebody hit me yet last well, year. Did, who, it doesn't matter. You ended up in a ditch. You ended up in a ditch. <laughs> well, anyway. Dickheads. If he would have had W wheels, W then, is your source for all things. These wheels. are the people. Go ahead, These ML. are the people you call your friends. These are the people you call your friends. <laughs> well, they just, are just like me. They are just like me and your other friend, Lewis, apparently. They, they are. They are. <laughs> w is your source for all things wheel. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Smith, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jeremy McGrath, just to name a few, we have what you need. Visit WUSA.com or follow them on Instagram to see some of the latest and coolest builds we have and use the promo code MOTOXPODSHOW to get a discount on your order. Uh, ML, we got a few minutes before we get Jeremy Martin on. Let's talk about our boy, Filthy Phil Nicoletti. Well, you we, you and I have kind of talked about it. You tr- probably talked about it on the uh, – did you and Lewis talk about it on the review show? Yeah, but I, I've always got room to talk about Phil, man. Okay, we're going to get into Phil, but I want to let Scotty and I want to let TJ, your thoughts. Uh, you guys probably don't know him super well, but you know the character from Pulp yes. Show. You know, I mean, the guy's obviously, it's never even got a podium. So when you see him, TJ, leading this thing, and there's like some kind of voodoo hex going on where all the top riders are just crashing, like what's going through your mind? Well, like I said earlier, I was watching it with somebody who didn't doesn't know Moto, and I was telling him, oh, this guy, you know, it's kind of giving a little bit of backstory. I'm like, so it's really cool for him to be leading a race, but it probably won't last very long. And then somebody would wreck, and something would happen behind it. And and even the guy that I was watching it with was my coworker was like, um, I think he's going to win a race. Would that be his first one? I'm like, it would be more surprising than anything that could have happened this whole season if he wins one of these. <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be more surprised if A-Ray won. Mm, no. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Well, Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, in the 450 class, for sure, yes. Scotty, what did you think about Phil? I mean, were you, were you screaming? Dude, when he – well, the first thing I pictured was – what the press box was like with all y'all. I, I couldn't, have, I was like, man, that'd be, I'd pay yeah. money to see that press box poor, right now. Poor Michael missed but, it. Cause he was down on the track uh, and roosted, but right while shooting pictures. But, uh, when, when Pierce and Volan went down, I was like, Oh dude, it is on. That's he's got, he's like, he's got this. Like he's, he's got this. And that's kind of what I was kind of rooting for Volan. You know, we kind of, 
Oh, no. I mean, I love Max, but not not with Phil leading. I was mad. Like, I even texted uh, Styles. I was like, dude, you should have let him win, bro. <laughs> no, no. What I mean is, is not that I was wanting him, but I was didn't think that – I never really thought that Phil was going to be able to hold on to it just because of the guys behind him. Yeah. And so I was like, well, Max will get him, and then Phil will hold somebody up, cut their throat or something like that. I was like, he's jumping a quad. He's got this. He's got this. <laughs> yeah, that that is true, ML. Like, the week before – He's double, 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 and this week when he got out front, there was there was no old man. He was pulling the trigger on all the the rhythms. No option once you're leading a supercross. You basically have to. If he started double doubling everything there, he <laughs> might as well not show up to the next race. He's not going to live it down. Uh, I'll admit, like you kind of feel like when you're a photographer on the floor, you're probably not supposed to be that biased. But straight up, every lap Phil came by, I was screaming at the top of my lungs in the corner when he would pass by me. I'm just, I, and and this is messed up. Like I wanted to see it for for Phil, love him as a person. Would love to see him get the result. Even in my head, I'm like, man, even if he can just finish this race on the podium and have another good race, like even if he gets on the overall podium in the when he gets in the press conference, I can ask him. Did you do this just to shut up Steven Seth, or are you really the worst? Or are you really the worst ever rider to end up on Supercross podium? <laughs> that would have been crazy. And you know his his answer like would have been aggressive because he doesn't give a damn. Uh, yeah, would have been classic. Phil gave us some excitement, and I was not acting exactly professional in the press box either because I was yelling and screaming, and half the place was we were going nuts. But uh, our next guest of the night is going to be no. no Sorry, go, guys. No, go ahead. Nobody in the press box is ever professional. We never are. <laughs> We're constantly screaming about fantasy, how bad it's going for us, how good it's going for us. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure most of our professional sports do not have press box activities. Like uh, That's true, does. but we usually aren't cheering for particular riders, but everybody was losing their minds for Phil. So I am. When I'm in the press box, all bets are off because usually it's somebody on my fantasy. Yeah, right, yes, true. I am that's cheering true. for people. Well, our next rider of the night is going to be brought to you by Prox, rooted in racing and motocross to off-road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki and Pro Yamaha and SLR Honda. Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer and visit Prox dash usa.com to search parts for your bike and follow prox racing parts on social media tonight prox brings us from club mx yamaha jeremy martin what's going on jeremy what's up boys how we doing we're doing good we're getting excited for the east coast to kick off uh we're i round four three who knows feld can't make up their mind what well, i guess they have made up their mind what round it is but <laughs> we're glad that you're coming back to club mx i, I want to know how you're feeling uh you know how's the bike you've had a few months on it now is it at a level where you feel it's comparative to your star bike and going to be competitive enough for what you've been looking for yeah, absolutely. Those are all really great questions. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I obviously, I haven't, uh, I basically haven't raced in a year guys, you know, I mean, it's been, uh, it's been a long time. So number one, I'm just excited to, and I'm grateful to be lining up for one, you know? Um, and I, I feel really good. I had obviously a big crash, um, in the middle of my off season. Um, but yeah, the body feels good now and I, I feel like I'm on really good form 
And um, if I can carry what I've been doing during the week and bring it to race day and I get the track down, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. So when you made the decision to go over to club, I'm sure you were, you probably had, I guess the word might be trepidations or you, you had to, you maybe second guess yourself a little bit. You didn't know exactly what to expect out of the bike. Um, so I'm trying to think how I want to ask this. I, I, I guess what was the decision? How did you make the decision to go to club and step away from a factory team? Uh, I guess, I guess for me, it was pretty, I was at a pretty, I guess, kind of dark place mentally after, after just the shoulder injury and then um, just kind of all the injuries I've kind of racked up over the last couple of years. And I didn't enjoy riding my dirt bike anymore. I didn't, um, I really enjoyed the environment at, uh, at Geico. Um, and then obviously Honda, you know, that, that, that Geico Honda folded and I was kind of left with like an 11th hour deal and that was star. And, um, you know, I took the deal. I wanted the, you know, the best bike in the pits. And, um, you know, I, I knew that we'd work together really well and I really wanted to win. And, and then, um, you know, unfortunately I got hurt and I just lost a lot of freedom that I had. And that I had before when I was with star and, uh, when I won my championships and I just, uh, guys, honestly, I just, I just wanted to find the fun in the sport again because I was over it. And, uh, that to me was club MX. Alex got an opportunity to ride for Brandon Hawes. And he's like, you know, Jerma, um, it's actually a pretty good team and the facility's amazing. And, and he goes, I'm in, I'm having fun. And I was like, dude. Um, and then when my shoulder came out at star, uh, I, I, yeah, I just, um, I thought about it long and hard and I was like, dude, uh, you know, we've been hurt a lot. And I just want to find the fun in it again. ML? Um, coming into this, like, from the, the far outside looking in, you've got the Club MX team, which is kind of on the up and up and building. Um, I would say on one hand, there's probably a group there like, man, it's, it's a really big risk to sign you. Because for them, if you don't have, you know, a, a certain level of results on the team, it may look poorly on them. However, as of recently, you know, Enzo and Phil's results have been really good. That, that looks really good for the team. So initially that was kind of my thought when they signed you. On the other hand, also just reading comments, I think there's also, I don't want to say doubt, but you have had a couple of rough years. So I think people's expectations maybe on what they see from you may have gone down slightly to the point mm-hmm. that, you know, do you feel like it's really that big of a risk? Well, I'm curious from your position personally. Do you really feel like it is a risk that they signed you, or do you think it's kind of a perfect meeting point of, you know, maybe people are doubting you slightly and the team's on up and up and up? Like, do you think you're going to have that big of an impact on how the team is viewed anymore? Uh, I, I guess, like, obviously, like, people, I, I feel like people definitely are kind of wondering, and it's kind of an exciting thing, I guess, for people that are in the industry and people that are, you know, are fans of the sport. Like this guy's always rode a factory bike his entire career. And then now he's, he's on a privateer uh, team. But I, I felt like I really wanted to be on a Yamaha. And I felt like Yamaha provides a really good stock platform. And I know the bike pretty well. Um, and to me, I felt like... Uh, I could still win races and I still feel like I can be competitive 
um, and line up every time and know that the, if, if things go right, the opportunity is there to win. And I still felt like I could do that at club. I could find the fun in the sport again. Um, because I was ready to, to retire and just, just be done for sure. And Jeremy, so go ahead, Michael. You said you were, you were actually close to, to retiring, like in a sense of how, how serious was that conversation with yourself? Was it like anybody, like when injuries, uh, we just had Austin Forkner on, he said, you know, any rider who gets hurt, whether it's for five minutes after the injury, a couple hours, a couple days, like you really do go, hmm, maybe I should quit doing this. Like to, to some level, everybody goes through that. Was, was that just kind of usual after your last injury? Did you seriously think about for a while, but the, the typical week after staying at the house, you're like, nah, I, I need to go riding. I need to go racing. Um, I mean, I, I would say this one, this one probably everyone thinks about like, uh, it goes through your mind a little bit. Like obviously the back was a big one for me. Right. You know? And then, um, you know, I had my wrist and I still won three outdoor nationals with my wrist, um, my scaphoid broken. And then I had my shoulder and it was just like, kind of like, I should have got the shoulder fixed. Like, I think things could have been avoided had I just gotten things fixed right away. Um, but I was kind of on these one year deals and you're like fighting for your livelihood, basically, like just trying to get a ride and, and to get a job. That's what I kind of felt like. So um, for me, I think with this, this after the shoulder injury, I really contemplated. I'm like, all right, dude, we've been doing this. We've been doing this a long time and we've grinded pretty hard for a long time, you know, and uh, it took a little while. It took a little while for me, you know, to where I was just like, yeah, you know, I think I could take the next step in life. But I felt like with me, like I was like, dude, you need to find the I'd have regret if I would have walked away. I wanted to have I wanted to find the fun in the sport again. And uh, I owed it to myself to have a pretty a healthy body and then go at it again for sure. Definitely. Yeah, Jeremy. So, you know, kind of going off a little bit of the injuries, I I think it's been a, an exponential amount of injuries that we've seen, especially in the 250 class. And I just kind of wanted your personal theory on maybe why we're seeing so much of those. Is it just, you know, coincidence, part of the sport, pace, or maybe another theory that you have? And also with the upcoming, with the injuries that have happened to the upcoming season, has that changed your outlook on what you expect the season to be in the East Coast? Uh, I mean, the injuries is a part of our sport. I think it's tough. I mean, you kind of look at like, I mean, there's been some issues like when COVID hit, um, manufacturing stuff, um, you know, certain parts and stuff weren't done quite the same, or they would switch to a different distributor that would produce that part. And, you know, I've, I've heard of some issues that way. And then obviously like, I mean, riding supercross, it's, it's not easy. It's, you know, uh, the guys at Dirtworks work really, really hard. I think um, the time it takes to build a, a track, to put the tough blocks on and to do all that stuff is no joke. But when you guys, you know, when you get, you know, all the guys riding, um, it gets rough. And to jump a triple in a rhythm lane or to hit a set of big whoops when they're, when they're, when they're fat and brand new is one thing. But when a bunch of guys hit them and they get cupped out, it's kind of like a different beast, you know, and then then you're racing next to people. Um, and, you know, it's just it's just one of those deals to where, you know, you got to send it in to get by somebody. So it's a it's a risky sport, you know, I mean, but we love it and that's why we do it, you know. Hey, Jeremy, how uh, how different 
is your bike from Phil and Enzo's setup? Uh, no. So my, I have the same engine basically as, um, as Enzo. Phil chose a little bit different direction um, with like what he wanted, but, um, Enzo and I are on the same. And then obviously I'm 140 pounds. So my, my general setup for suspension, um, is, is definitely different than Enzo's, you know? Okay. Uh, the reason I asked that is after seeing, I mean, Phil, Phil almost won a race, uh, Saturday night, Jeremy and, and Enzo has been riding really well. So I just wonder, you know, how much confidence that gives you in, in what the bike can do and knowing those guys are doing really well. And, and, and also how much did it blow your mind that Phil almost won a race? Yeah, no, I was stoked, man. I mean, watching the boys on the West coast, it was for me doing East riding with those guys in the off season. You know, I went from riding with guys like Justin Cooper and Levi kitchen and Eli, when he would come to Florida there for like a, a week or so to test in the off season to riding with Phil and Enzo. And I was just like, man, I was, I was a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie, but I was like, man, I'm going pretty fast. And these guys are right there. And, uh, obviously I, I, I've rode the, I've rode the star bike, the fastest 250 in the pits. And I felt like I was like, wow, this club bike, it's good. It's good enough to win. And you know, they're getting starts on it. And Phil almost had that main event win. I mean, I, I, I called him afterwards and I'm like, dude, you had three laps, <laughs> right? three <laughs> laps, buddy. What happened? You know? And he's just like, dude, I cracked. And I'm just like, Phil, you're the biggest hard ass. I know you don't crack. You yeah. know, <laughs> can you imagine so, if that had been Cooper Webb or, you know, how much shit Phil would have given? Yeah, I know. I know Phil would be up my ass. Yeah, if I exactly. Did that. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Your brother. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun that you gave it back. Go ahead, ML. On the engine side, so I heard a comment from Phil, and in I was wondering if maybe you could explain this for the the viewers, because um, I've also heard this from some other teams you rode for. I know you and Alex both have insane roll speed. That's something you two are so well known for. Um, compared to maybe some riders that don't have as good roll speed and aren't as on it early, maybe they're right on corner exit. They're looking for more of like a sharper throttle response. I've heard that you maybe are somebody that kind of rolls into the throttle a little faster, like goes to more of an opening quicker. So you're the type of delivery, I guess, I've heard you look for is different maybe than, than some guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're a hundred percent spot on. So for me, my biggest thing is my turns. Like I, uh, in supercross, if I don't hit my turns, right. Um, I feel like I can get the rhythms down. The whoops is always a work in progress for me being a little bit shorter and just not having the leverage to keep that rear down. But, um, for me, it's all about like, uh, I feel like one really positive thing about this club bike is the power delivery is a little bit, um, easier for the rider. So when I am pushing really hard, or if I do go into the whoops a little bit faster to try to find that little bit, I felt like when you're on that edge, I had a little bit more of like a consistent feel, even though I'm pushing that limit, if that makes sense. So again, guys that like a, maybe like a sharper throw response, they're more, if they're looking at the obstacle coming out of a super cross corner, they're right on exit going, okay, I need hit here because now I need to accelerate and get the obstacle where I'm guessing kind of from what I've listened to you riding, like, like where you're on it, it seems more like mid corner. You're already getting on it like earlier. And if the bike had too aggressive of a hit, you know, you would, you would have a harder time with it, like popping up and standing up. It seems like you like to be able to get on it 
more mid corner and make it controllable enough that you can kind of get on it earlier instead of having to make that last minute explosive feel. Does that kind of make sense or? Yeah, no, absolutely. I like to be able to kind of get into the throttle a little bit, um, a little bit, have a smoother power so I can get into it. And then that way, when you, sometimes when you chirp the throttle, the front will pull up out of the rut and that kind of affects how your turn hand, your turn goes, you know? So you're definitely spot on with that. Yeah, Jeremy, I just kind of wanted to, to do the second part of what the question I had earlier of what of what you have expectations for this this season, and it has that changed at all with some of the people um, that were going to be in the coast not being there. Uh, I think I think regardless, I mean, it's, it's it's a bummer that we've lost so many guys here in this last week, you know. Um, but I think for me, whether if they were there, like if Joe and, and Hammaker were there and everything, I think the expectation is still the same. I've been around, obviously I'm the veteran now in the 250 class and I do want to win. You know, I came to club expecting to win and to, and to have fun with it. And, uh, I think regardless going into Saturday, the expectation is still the same, you know, show up. And I think for me, it's obviously I haven't won a Supercross championship before, but I think it's bigger picture for me. It's let's let's make the whole season and let's just be the best uh, Jeremy Martin that that anybody's seen or I've seen personally yet in my career. I think that's what I'm I'm going for. Yeah, that's you know? that's awesome, man. I I every year you are still one of my picks, and I I I think you can do it, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm pumped. I'm I'm really cranked up to go racing. Hey, so they have, you've brought up a couple of times about the fun and that kind of stuff. Now, I'm an old fat vet rider, yeah, and I have fun when I ride my dirt bike all the time. And I'm curious about what does that mean to somebody on your level when you, when it, you're having, because you're still training every day, you're still working hard every day, but what makes the difference when you sit back and go, I'm having fun with this team or with what I'm doing? I, I think it's just the overall, like, um, I guess the one cool thing I've noticed with being here at club is I'm around the amateur kids every day and you know, they're, they're young, they're starting out and you can just see, you can see the hunger and, and the want and the fire in their eyes. Like they want to be in that position where I am, uh, racing your dirt bike and being on a team and, and, and racing on the pro level. So I think that's been pretty motivating for me. And then I also wanted to have, the fun back in it to where I enjoy kind of being around the people day in and day out and not really kind of, uh, uh, dreading going to the track. If that makes sense. Yeah. Just enjoying the people you're around and that stuff. I get it. Yeah. Um, you, you've been in a lot of different places to train. I mean, you've done stuff with, with Eli, you were at go farm back when it was Ricky's, um, there a little bit since when star went there at the end. um, you've been in California, you've been all over and I look at all these different facilities, all these different places you can train together. And I'm really curious from, from your experience is, are they really that different in terms of program? Does that make a difference? Or would you say at this point, a lot of these places have good tracks to ride, good people doing the physical training, good people advising. Does the environment play more of a part into it now? Are all the programs similar enough? does it really make the difference there or is it like you at club right now you're with Phil with Enzo, your people you want to be around does, does that almost make a bigger difference at this point? And even being around the amateurs to keep it fun. 
Um, I think being on, I think it's a combination of everything. Like, I mean, dude, like you said, like I've been a lot of amazing places and I've gotten a crazy, a crazy education, right? Like Carmichael's I've trained with Johnny O I've been out in California doing all the test tracks. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of been everywhere. And I think, um, I think for me, it kind of boils down to obviously you gotta want, you gotta be comfortable on your motorcycle. Um, uh, a, a fast rider uh, is a happy rider, right? <laughs> and um, I think it's a combination of everything. I think, you know, just enjoying the people. And like I said, the motorcycle being comfortable, the motorcycle being fast. I think it's just a little bit of everything, the facility being good. Um, I think everything nowadays is so good. It's just um, finding what you like and um, going for that. Yeah, Jeremy, just to kind of extend off that a little bit, you know, I, I think it's great seeing a team like club that has started with the facility. Now y'all are a full fledged team. You're in the sport. You're showing that this can be possible. And, you know, 15 years ago, that was outside of the goat farm. There was really, wasn't anything like that, you know, kind of seeing that growth. What do you see in the next 15 to 20 years, a team like club or a, pl- a facility like club, where do you see that kind of world going to in the, in the next upcoming years? I mean, man, I mean, they have, they have the facility to obviously have a, a race team, um, and to, and, and for the conditions to be good day in and day out and to develop their skills and to be better. They just built a, a really good race shop. Um, you know, but you got the guys like, like MTF is doing that firepower Honda, you know, uh, with Max Anstey and they had Jordan Smith last year. So that's another training facility. I think it's pretty cool just to see the the growth and the development. They have like the futures, um, like look at, I like Deegan racing last weekend at Anaheim too. And all those younger kids like, dude, I wish I had that when I was growing up, you know? And I think it's just really cool to see, uh, the sport, not only just like club from a facility, having a race team, but just to see everything from every little area, I feel like is getting, it's getting better. And it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just better. Yeah, it's really cool watching what Brandon, Brandon has a lot of passion for it. Um, I've got a question for you about outdoors, which I know that's a long ways off, but I feel like I believe that the outdoors title might be your priority is how do you, how do you weigh supercrosses versus outdoors? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I said, like, I think I'm thinking long-term this year Yeah. Uh, in supercross, if the opportunity's there, I'm absolutely going to take it. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I want to be a gamer. I love to win. <laughs> of course. Um, it's, it's what drives me, you know, but, uh, yeah, I want to make a full year. I mean, you think I've had a lot of injuries the last couple of years and then they've been not just little injuries, but they've been six month injuries. So I've missed, I've done three supercross races in the last like two years. So I'm digging myself out of a hole and then you've got a guy like Jet Lawrence who's just doing season after season, building on that season after season where I'm I'm not racing and I'm coming off an injury. So I'm just so far behind the eight ball, if that kind of makes sense. But uh, outdoors is definitely a priority for me. I always tell everybody it's like my bread and butter. You give me a you give me a good bike and you give me a program to where I'm in shape. I mean, you, you, you can't you can't help me out. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Go ahead, ML. I'm actually not too far from you right now. I'm just up in North Carolina with the with the Phoenix boys, so I might see you at the airport tomorrow even. But uh, I was really interested um, 
you know, a couple of the guys up here on the team have been club a lot, like your, your Kyle Peters, your Jay Sowen. Um, somebody I'm really close with, of course, is uh, Cody Shock. I mean, Cody we were talking this morning. And I was like, man, what, yeah. what's it like being down there where they have their own team, but you're training there as well, and there's other pros. Like, it's one thing if a facility has maybe a couple one-off pros, but the fact that there is a whole com- competing race team just up the street that uses the facility um, as well. I'm like, do you feel – do you feel a difference in like how you're treated there or the focus of say like Brandon and some of the trainers? And I was really impressed that he said from his opinion, he was like, man, I can't tell a difference from the way they talk to me and advise me versus how they're talking to Phil and advising Phil or even Jeremy. And I was kind of curious your perspective. Does that like, do you feel the same way? And do you think that is that something else that impressed you with the facility? Not only do they have a facility and they have a team that you're on, but the fact that how they work with even who are technically your, your competitors. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the, the Phoenix guys being here is like, honestly, it's, it's awesome because it's just another, it's another group of guys helping get the track rough every day and making it, you know, making it more like a race, a race main event, realistic condition. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's stuff that if we're breaking down sections, for example, and we're working a particular area like, uh, Cody or, or Cullen, we'll go through the section and, and then Brandon will pull me over and he's like, Hey, Hey, Jeremy, see how they're doing that? Like that, that's good. That's really good. So I don't, I, it just, it's not about, it's not like, okay, if I'm the fastest guy consistently, it's not about, okay, Hey, Jeremy's the fastest guy. So this is what he's doing. We're all treated uh, as equals. And uh, you know, it's, it's, if someone's doing something's better, it's just, Hey, he's doing this, watch how he does that see if you can figure out how to do that in your style. So, um, yeah, definitely. I would say it's, it's very equal for sure. Jeremy, thanks for some of your time tonight. Uh, I know we're just a few days away from the first race of the year for you. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Probably a little bit of nervousness considering coming off injuries, but we can't wait to see it. And, uh, ML and I will both be down there. So look forward to saying hi to you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show, boys, and uh, we'll see you here in a couple days, and hopefully we can have a, a good recap on, on Houston, round one. Let's do it, man. Good luck. We'll see you in, in, uh, in Houston. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. All right, that's Jeremy Martin, brought to you by Prox, and also Luxon. Uh, ML, you test all the time. You're Vitals test rider. What do you think about Luxon products? Really good, no BS approach in a sense. Um, so the product, which, you know, Billy down there, I mean, he pretty much, he's not going to make something just to make a bling part or make something like that. He's no BS. He's going to make something if it actually works better. I also think um, pretty smart dude, like in the sense of he's willing to go quite the extra distance to redesign a part multiple times over to try to accomplish pretty much everything. Can I make it lighter? Can I also make it stronger? But can I make it? feel better for the rider, whether we're talking about the actual flex characteristic of the part um, or we're talking about how it inputs the bike. Um, from what I've seen, really good quality part. I tried a uh, 24 mil offset clamps for them recently for the CRF, which I'm a huge fan of further out offset uh, to the point. Give you an example, the Phoenix Honda boys here, even on Supercross, are running uh, farther out offset. And I know like the HRC team has played with the, with the same I not Sean Lawrence's right now, but I, I believe I've heard they ran a farther out offset out outdoor. So those guys have a, a really good product. Um, and like I said, a lot of people think further off offsets, like on a platform, they're like, oh, you know, more stability tech guys in, in Supercross run it. So um, yeah, no, I believe it does a really good job at Lexon MX. 
Yeah, it's really cool that with their engineering background that the, it's really not just a copy of an OEM product. They really do use engineering techniques and have all the equipment to test and find a little bit better out of, you know, and a way they uh, lighter and stronger with optimized stiffness to enhance your riding comfort and precision is how they describe it. So visit luxonmx.com. All orders of $100 or more ship free within the continental U.S. And you can save 10% on all the products with promo code MOTOXPOD. What do you think about J-Mart there, ML? Did you take anything away? He, he just sounds like he's in a good place. I mean, you, you hear us say this about a lot of riders. Maybe it's overused, but uh, a happy Jeremy Martin always scares me. <laughs> um, however, like, you know, I know from talking to a couple guys at the Battle Club, like, I know he's riding good, but not like, and, you know, I, I actually, it was, I think it was KP said this today. He, he said one of the first days that Jeremy was down there, like Enzo was basically whooping on all of them. And he said Jeremy rolled up to Enzo and goes, how have you not won a Supercross yet? Yeah, so, I'd heard that. I'd heard Phil was the fastest guy many days, too. He's a little up and down, but, like, so I haven't heard, like, oh, Jeremy's killing. I heard he's riding well. Don't get me wrong. Um, so I'm not, you know, I I think he's going a lot. Yeah, I just want to see him get a good, consistent out, uh, Supercross season in. I mean, especially with all the injuries we're seeing right now. It's like, you know, love, love to see him battle for the title, make it interesting. Sure. Same time, love to see him get through Supercross and – as you said, be be ready when the, the bread and butter when the bread and butter is served um, for outdoors because ultimately that's where, you know. Okay, again, we're talking about West Coast to me is game pretty boring. No offense to Jet Lawrence. Well, I want a hair, uh, healthy and ready to race with good races under his belt, Jeremy Martin, when we come outdoors because, damn it, we need somebody to go up against Jet and make this interesting. Absolutely. Oh wait, Jet Jesus, he's running a four fifty. Oh my goodness. Oh, Somebody yeah. off me really quick. Four fifty. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. against like Hunter Jacob. Sorry, I'm I've got Jacob. I'm getting J Jacob switch. No, but like against Jacob, against Hunter, like we, we need we're gonna need a good championship battle. Um, so I hope I hope we get that out of uh Jeremy being able to put up the challenge and show, you know, why he is a, a fire champion in that class and why the years he's won he, yeah, he's a gnarly dude when he's on. Yeah, and I think he will. Before we proceed, I want to remind everybody, Hayden Deegan was supposed to come on the show. Unfortunately, he couldn't. I did text him the question that I think most people want to know. Is he racing the pro class this weekend? He can't tell us yet. So, there you go. That's the big news drop. <laughs> Boom! Wanna, we, wanna, we dropped the bomb. <laughs> but, I want to figure that one out. Yeah, I know. I, I just, dude, I, I'm like... I, I'm like 99% sure he's racing. I, I can't see it. It's funny. I saw some people, oh, do you think futures would affect that? I'm like, I'm like the, okay, so what what's it really going to do good for him to stay down futures at this point? Like, if anything, my personal opinion is not having a great showing at futures, having kind of a rough night. If anything, maybe that calms down the overall hype for the East Coast debut. And if he comes out and gets like a 12th at Houston, it's not like, Oh, why didn't he, you know, our people aren't going, well, I thought this kid was supposed to murder it. Yeah, well, so, of, course I don't it, know. I, of course it lowers I, the I, hype. You didn't see the tweets from the people that said, see, he can't live up to the hype. He he, he couldn't do it. He, he just couldn't do it, uh, uh, Scotty. He well, couldn't do it. Well, what I want to ask Michael, you know, since he's had the unique opportunity to have been a team manager and team owner, he... Barely. He, he's still... Have you done it? <laughs> have you, loosely. I know, but have you have you done it? Have you done I haven't done it, but I anyways... Mean, CJ does it every week with the son. I mean, he... 
balances the budget, fixes yeah. the bike. Yeah. <laughs> the mechanic, the, yeah, the, the everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah, okay. Well, thank you. Can I find uh, my son? Yeah. Possible? Wait a minute. I need a better rider. What What I was curious to know is, what do you think that conversation Sunday morning with Bobby Reagan and all the the managers and stuff went after? I mean, obviously the goal and expectation was he was going to go win that that futures race, and I was I didn't even realize that that was going to be a. A, a night show thing now i thought they still did that during the day so being on that stage how do you think that conversation the next morning went i mean there's there's a lot of people involved in my organization who probably tried a conversation course with directly with duff he's had one with his dad he's had one with bobby reagan and, and brad hoffman and jensen hemler um and and swanee like and i'm sure from each one of them they all gave him his input i can't imagine saying too crazy like I don't know, futures races are kind of, like, they're good, don't get me wrong, I like the program. It's also kind of odd, it's just, it was a one-off race, yeah, got a little squirrely, maybe didn't make great racing decisions, but at the end of the day, they also, they they know what he's capable of during the week, they see how he runs against their guys, so they know realistically, like, hey, they can tell him some of the decisions he made, but ultimately, they probably know where he's really capable of speed-wise. I don't think they're probably out there telling him, oh, well, you just need to be better or this, that. They'll, they'll, they'll talk about maybe making some better decisions and just saying, okay, well, that one's done and dusted. And maybe they went about, well, maybe the expectation will lower. Let's, let's just go racing. I, I really don't think there would be any real serious discussion. Like, again, I, I'm saying I'm 99% sure he's racing because I've been told by a pretty good source that, that that's the plan. Um, I don't see them adjusting the plan based off that because really, what does that accomplish? Oh, you didn't do good. We're going to send yeah. you back to some more futures. Eh, I don't think he really. I think there's certain kids that need to do futures, and I'm not saying it wouldn't be good for them, but I just think they've already. You've already kind of meant if whatever's right, they've already kind of mentally committed to it. So why would you pull them yeah. out? I, I don't know if that really does any better for him. So, um, and it's such a small step. It would be one thing for them to have, you know, maybe a gnarlier sit down if you know he's a couple years into being prone and, and make terrible race decisions you have you have a different type of conversation but man it's it's so it's so early like big whoop it didn't go well like that's gonna actually define his career in, in any <laughs> so shape funny. or form yeah. uh, we we might be if you know if he still goes for you we may freaking forget in two weeks that even did mm-hmm. did so just speaking about the futures a little bit and kind of has something to do with another question I had about Hayden, but did Daxton, did I hear, was it really true that he was told he has to win or he's going to lose his contract? Actually better, better one for you. doesn't matter how he does it. Futures. Um, his contract is totally up to the team. He is on a trial run with the team. Yeah. Um, he has a contract that is through futures and that is it currently. Um, doesn't matter how he does his futures. He could do bad. He could win all of them. That, from what I've asked his camp, that does not define what his future deal looks like with Star. It is completely dependent on what they personally think of his performances. Gotcha. You know how well, how they see him. Again, it's one thing how he does futures, but they're seeing how he stacks up during the week. Um, it, it like I said, he could win the futures thing this year, all out, all of them. And he actually may not have a ride anymore. Start, or maybe he does. So, it, so it's that not doesn't defined, sound. It's not defined by. It it's really, not defined by any of that. It, it doesn't sound as bad as what, like, I guess the Keyboy Warriors are making it. It's like, hey, we'll give you a ride. We'll give you everything we can give you through futures, and then we'll make a decision. That makes sense. But when I hear 
the stories online and and from other people who quote unquote media people or whatever saying, oh yeah, he if he doesn't win, then he loses his ride. That that seemed a little bit absurd. Yeah. When has a keyboard warrior ever been right? It shows though that how much belief people have in the star team that he stepped away from what he had with the Orange Brigade to go do that. Yeah. To take a chance. I, I, I mean, that, that's risky, ML. I get it, and this is nothing against KTM. I think that this is going back to, like, having talked to, to his camp, his agent, a little bit more, like kind of hearing how it originally went down. So Dak had an offer from Star a couple years ago. I think it was the year he was moving up. He was at Super Minis at Loretta's, or was his first big bike year. Whatever it was, um, had a star offer or verbal, some sort of thing was offered to him. Um, they chose to, to turn it down to stay with KTM. They had a certain things that were promised to him. This is when uh, TLD was still the KTM program. He's going to be on some sort of a pro-to-am deal with them, or am to pro deal, and it, it didn't really come to fruition as promised. The deal sort of didn't turn out what it was supposed to be. He's been kind of in limbo there. Lost Red Bull deal hasn't really – didn't have a great amateur to pro guarantee with KTM. Um, basically, Star came knocking a second time, whether that was from his camp pushing forward or him being around Deegan or what they saw. Somehow, some way, another opportunity came about, and it was, it was basically a tryout offer of like, yeah, here, we'll, we'll help you through futures. You'll be on the full program down here, um, and we'll, we'll weigh that and, and make a decision. And yeah, he had a, my understanding, a better KTM offer finally coming to the table. Um, I know that Daniel Blair is putting together to try to take him through to pro. Um, and it's pretty risky, yes, to, to shut that door a little bit. But also, um, if Star comes knocking a second time, I, I don't think anybody can say no. Like, it, it's pretty, pretty hard to turn that down. Um, and it's a lot of pressure on, it's a lot of pressure personally, I would say, on Dax. But at the same time, it's a real, you know, for him, it would prove also I'm willing to put up or shut up. Like, I'll take this on. And if I, you know, if he performs uh, to whatever internal, just, you know, expectation they put out there to, to sign him and continue, I think that shows a lot. I think the team would respect that and show a lot of that so he's willing to risk it and put it on the line to, uh, to stay with them. Is that bike really that much better than all the other two fitties? Absolute. Um, top pro level um i do think you know i think their advantage might have been bigger a couple years ago i think the hrc bike is amazing right now i think the pro circuit bike has gone really good in the last two years again not to mention bikes have ever been bad but i think they hit a slump and i think they've rebounded really well um through some some people that mitch has brought on board uh through it's testing like i think they've nailed a really good package um i think ktm was kind of in a slump for a while not wanting to change anything and they're Getting better with the 250 program, I think the all coming over has helped that. They've had to re- put some refocus on that 250 program, so I think they've rested on their laws. Uh, of any of those bikes we named, outside of being on Suzuki, any of the factory level 250s are good enough to win on. Um, I think there's, I think the Star Bike still has aspects where it is a little bit better. Um, again, I don't think it's maybe as big as two or three years ago, right. um, but there's just so much that comes with the program. There's also the confidence with it of just like, this is the PC of, you know, 10, 15 years ago, yeah, you, you yeah. just go there and you know you know they have all the tools to win. So if you don't win, it's kind of on you for the most part. Um, I, I think there's that. I also think with the KTM thing, they've been they've proven time and time again they're very messy um, it, with how they deal with their 250 kids coming up. I don't think they've ever really proven that they can bring an amateur up and make them successful. They, I, I don't feel like they've ever proved that on the U.S. side. 
They brought Kenny over from Europe and that worked, but he was already a world champion. They brought Marv over to win. He was a world champion. Um, you know, they brought Langston over. Like they, they haven't proved that they can bring an amateur up. Um, so if you're Dax Ace, where, where do you go? Um, again, I don't, I think that's still something KTM really struggles with from my identity side, uh, standpoint, even on their, their Husky programs a little bit. Um, even gaskets like the Husky 250 towels they had, uh, that was Bobby's with Jason. They had them ever before they ever became Husky. Uh, I was doing 450, and then like Osborne was a way older situation. Again, I just don't think their core program has proved they can bring kids up and, and be successful. Well, for the last few years, that bike's had so much power, there's almost no way those guys could almost hold on to the bike. Are they running like those gut seats, like so they can be able to get the traction? Jamie? Indeed, the worst Come on, I was trying. He's Michael, over here. Uh, uh, Michael Lindsay tonight is brought to you by Guts Racing. <laughs> the Guts Racing crew has been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they have added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup, as well as the color teal to their gripper material options available. Those would look good on the Kawasaki's teal. Yeah, it's transition. Also, also, my transition would be if, if Jeremy Martin had, had a gut seat cover there, maybe he would have stayed put because, I mean, he would have been able to stay on the bike. Absolutely. See, we're trying to teach and it. We're trying to teach Jamie. Also, no, I just had a plan, and you kept freaking messing with me. <laughs> also new for 2023 are options for e-bikes, not your homemade janky e-bike, TJ. It's fast. They have complete seats for the Telaria, the Super 73, and covers for the Segway and Suron, and they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes. Visit GutsRacing.com. Calm. ML, do you want to stick on for a few more minutes? You got to get back to it. It's kind of late where you're at. You've been working. I'm good. You're good to go? I'm always, hey, you know, I'm always working. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, okay. So, a couple more topics I want to touch on. Uh, let's see here. The Kenny, the Ken Roxon, Eli Tomac battle, I kind of mentioned it earlier. That only lasted really a couple laps, ML, but holy crap, those two for those. Six or minutes or so, five six minutes. That was unreal. That was, I don't know. It just took me back. It took me back to RC and Stu and Stu and Reed and just the two two of the best technical riders on the planet just ripping. I think the realness of it was uh, again uh, for this weekend's main. I was on the floor shooting. Is I mean, I'm I'm getting glimpses of them between the jumps a little bit in the sections I can't see, and I'm just watching dice like one minute I can go, oh, it looks like he's got the advantage, oh, it looks like he has, you know, Eli's got, oh, it looks like Ken's got it, oh my goodness, what's, what, which one's getting it? And the fact that it seemed to continuously last for more than just a couple of sections to the point, again, I mean, anybody in the crowd, even on TV, could tell the crowd was getting loud, but to listen to it like a wave through the stadium as they would go around the track, just listening to that echo around, like it was constant. People were going nuts for them for those, yeah, like two laps or or so. I lost track how even many it was, but again, it was so cool to watch it continuously play out and really be. I'm trying to shoot, and at the same time, I'm getting all giddy on the floor because I'm like, oh my god, they're going for it. This is great. Um, just. I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes in, in modern in modern sport, like all these guys are so good. It's like they have to wait sometimes for a major mistake from somebody to make a move. So when they do, there ends up being a gap. It, it's just really cool to watch two times really dice, like really dice, mm-hmm. dice respective, respect the lead, comfortable with each other, be able to be 
comfortable with each other, be able to put it in on each other a couple times in a row without either of them getting away and just really, again, it, it builds, you, you can feel the energy in the stadium, you know, from the first move on, it just kept raising because it was, again, going back and forth. It wasn't just one of a move, like, like I say, you see somebody make a big pass, a big name, there's that big eruption of energy from it and it dies down from the next one, but it just kept building and building and it was, uh, there's something I, I feel like I haven't experienced a super cross in, in quite a few years. I, I totally agree. It would be besides Phil, that was my highlight of the <laughs> night. That had me fi- that had me fired up. My heart rate was at two hundred and I, I almost jumped out of the box. I just wanted to go down on the floor and watch that stuff up close. Uh, I do want to thank real quick, had Hayden Deegan come on, he's gonna be brought to you tonight by Motul Shine and Go. Give your ride at Shineback. The Motul E10 Shine and Go Spray is our go-to detailer for all of our bikes. Motul E10 Shine and Go Spray cleans and restores plastics to look like new condition while leaving a protective film that repels dirt and grime. Shop Motul.com and enter code VITAL20 to receive 20% off your order of $50 or more. Um, Scotty, what do you think about... um, Just lost my note as, as I was reading that sponsor read. What do you think about Kitchen getting a win in? Like, I, I love seeing it. I felt like it's been coming. Our guy Lewis Phillips, or uh, yeah, Lewis Phillips did not believe in the chef at all. But ML and I believe in the chef. But what I want to know is, do you think Scotty, now that he's got one, they always say they start coming easier. Can he get up there and be a factor? Not every week necessarily, but show you know, make the next step. I. I think that Kitchen does have the raw the raw speed to do it. I would have been a little more convinced if he had. I, I think that he should have won that second race. Mm-hmm. I think I would be a little more convinced in your in that argument that he's gonna be there more often if he had won that race. But I mean, a win's a win, and like it's got to be huge for him. He got that out of the way. Yeah, it's not an overall, but still. Well, I mean, he 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 won the, he won the overall. Yeah, I mean. I'm saying like not at a regular race. It's a it, it, it's yeah a, a triple crown. Like, like I, I said, yeah, I yeah. think it would have been not more convincing. Overall, what I meant to say. If if he had gone one one two, yeah, I think I would have been a little more convinced. ML, uh, can the chef cook something up to take Jet down and and prove? I just want it to happen so we can prove Lewis wrong. If you say cook something up, I'm going to keep imagining that. No, no offense to Jason Thomas, but I'm going to keep imagining that terrible pun on the the. The podium. Um, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> oh, that was rough. Um, yeah, I think he can. I, I believe pretty heavily in, in Levi's ability, particularly in Supercross. You know, again, that's why I, I bumped a little bit in the previous show into our, our, our good friend Lewis. Is, uh, again, I know he, he says I'm misquoting him, but his what I heard him say, and I went back and listened to is, I'm wearing my chef's hat. I'm in the kitchen, and I have no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> uh, no, I think... Again, he's going to say I misquoted him, but there that, that's was what honest. I remember him saying. Um, I heard it. I think we have. Thank it. you. I, yeah. Oh no, I re I re listened to it before our last our last show about this. Um, no, I I think he's capable. I think both him and you know both him and Styles um, can can potentially um, get uh, a win, full win this season. I say that I like even Levi kind of talked about after the race. Like, don't get me wrong, he's stoked that he won, but even even he mentioned he wants to kind of more get like a legit one. Um, get a win in the race actually to get it. Um, can they take it to Jet though? I am still on the boat that the only way Jet can lose is by screwing himself right now. 
He is too good. It's ridiculous. When you say boat, are you speaking of the Sexton ship? Well, we got to wait for for outdoors to witness that. <laughs> the, we got to wait to wait witness the jet take on the Sexton ship. We got to wait for outdoors. Yeah. But, um, but in Supercross, yeah, I I I really would love to see either either of those two, um, either see Levi get more of a legit win this season or see Styles get his first win. Um, but I don't know. Based on Jet, other than maybe the next Triple Crown, um, it's hard. Jet Jeff's just way too amazing. Um, I, I agree. In a normal race and a full length, it, it's a bummer, but that's why I keep saying like a championship is just turning into a, a bit of a snoozer for me. Yeah. Uh, I got, you know, we were talking about Ken Roxon earlier and, and I, I had, I wanted your guys opinion on this. What? So have y'all seen the, the post where he's like, it'd be like a picture of like an 84 Suzuki and it's like, got, got on the box tonight or, you know, yeah. whatever it's a fourth, you know, where we get in the right direction. Definitely having fun with it. Yeah. Do, see, that's my question. Do you, is that him just like kind of steering into the skid and it's like, Hey, you can't make fun of me if I already make fun of myself. Or is it more of like, guys, the bike's fine. Y'all are all idiots. No, like, I think he's frustrated. I think he's a little frustrated with the bike, but he's tr- trying. So that's to what I'm saying. Is he kind of like? Bit. Is he trying to cover it up with yeah, humor, or is I it more so. of just like, yeah? See, y'all are all dumb. This bike's fine. Yeah, that, well, I mean, he kind of has to, but yeah, I, I think that's more. I think there's he, there's still some things with that bike he's not happy with. I mean, I, Emma, we've yeah, heard we've I, heard as much, right, with suspension wise and. Yeah, not as bad. I think it's such early days. I don't know if I'd say frustrated because he's still learning so much. I would say frustrated was. And it's funny because I, I don't think, you know, in terms of setup issues, Chase isn't having the same problems now. But, like, I would say frustrated with some of the way he was handling the Honda stuff, but he had been there for years. So I think he felt like he'd either tried or exhausted all of his options or was butting heads or however, you, whatever it really is. Um, it's still early. I think I think he's enjoying the process, like talking to him genuinely in the, in the press conference about how much input he has and how many calls he's making a week to get stuff handled he wants. He seems to be enjoying it. I wouldn't say frustrated with the bike. I I think he's genuinely enjoying himself. Do I think he's fully happy with the bike? Probably not yet. Um, I I think the the social media thing is is sort of a little bit of everything. It's sort of like haha, people look the bike is the bike can get it done. Uh, it's sort of playing. I think whether you want to call it ego or his personal sense of humor, whatever it is, I think he's playing into it really well. Um, keep it exciting. Keep himself you know, motivated for what he's doing. I think there's a lot of ways to skin in and talk about it. I don't think it's any one particular thing. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite venture down that he's frustrated with his bike thing. Um, could he end up being at a certain point in the season? Wouldn't shock me. Um, but I think we're a little too early in that. I, there's definitely a lot going on, but I don't know if we've reached uh, like the frustrated level okay. yet. Hey, uh, ML, if, with your experience, when you have a couple guys that you know that are buddies of yours and their gear doesn't match or their gear's old and ratty, what direction would you send them for new gear? Well, duh, just go log on to fxrfracing.com, and it just it just gets easier from there. Life gets easier, man. FXR is designed by racers for racers, TJ. Scotty? Scotty's not a what? racer. Well, that's true. He'll have a bike. Okay. Never mind, Scotty. TJ. Yes. With industry-leading fit, finish, and performance, progression is the name of the game. With every new piece created at FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best product possible. So, like Michael Lindsay just said, 
Visit FXRRacing.com to see the numerous gear lines. And dude, they have a lot, a lot of colorways. If you can't find a color and design you like at FXRRacing.com, then quit writing. Let's just give it up. You don't chew big red. Wow. <laughs> and wow. since it's like a winter wonderland here in East Texas right now, you could also get some snow gear. Dude, they, that jacket you have is just that that's pretty amazing. Like they, they, they have to probably have some of the best cold weather gear. Those guys riding up north, I bet everybody's in the FXR yeah. because yeah, that stuff's awesome. It's it's pretty fantastic. I appreciate I really enjoy FXR, Andy and Brad for having me up for the dealer intro that thanks to Michael Lindsay for allowing me to go to that. That was a lot of fun. Um, two more topics. Last one, our guy TJ, Derek Kelly. We've had a check in with him for the last couple seasons. The guy's having the best season of his career right now. Yes, there's some guys hurt. No, but he's taking no. full advantage of it. I don't think it's because the guy's hurts. He is riding. He's better. riding very he well with better. the AEO Power Sports team. Yes. The team, Michael, you're very tight with Jeremy and those guys over there. They have upped their game. But Derek, tenth uh, at A1, ninth at San Diego, seventh overall at Arizona with a ten five seven. Just the guy's building confidence, TJ. Yeah, I know you haven't had a really chance to talk to him yet this year. But it's really impressive watching what he's doing, and it just it makes me happy seeing him improve and get. You know, he's been saying, "I just want a top ten. I want a top ten. Now yeah. he's like, "I want a top five. Yeah, I was going to say the first one where he did good. I was like, "Ah, maybe a little bit of a fluke or whatever." But he has been consistently that way. That that yeah. That I don't know if it's the team. I don't know what it is. It's a little of both. I think they've all both stepped their game up. And yeah, he's my he's my surprise or happy. Yes. he's beating the guys that he sh- he's. You yeah. should be beating, yeah. I, I think. Emil, yeah. again, with you being tight with that team, talk, you know a little bit about what Jeremy's been doing trying to build that program. Just kind of talk about what he's been doing to improve his program over the last couple of years. I think going from year one to year two, I, I mean, he's, I think, taken some of the best lessons that he's learned himself and advice from other people is at this stage of the game, just focus on, on the technical side, um, focus on the programming giving the guys the best opportunity. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, somebody like Derek is still not getting a paycheck to go racing. He's getting, he's getting a little more covered last year in terms of expenses and has a full-time mechanic and everything. But really, Jeremy's put all the focus in into the equipment. And um, there's things I can't speak about about the bike. Okay. Uh, for awesome. For reasons I won't quite fully get into. But I will say um, that is the best, in my opinion, that is truly the best non-factory bike in the field. Um, and has some goodies on it and some help from KTM that really propels it to that. And then along with a huge part of it is, you know, their in-house suspension technician um, who actually owns REP, um, which is their in-house suspension cert, uh, program. Uh, Mark Johnson was, was the Red Bull KTM guy forever. He was Dundee's guy. Like, they're, they're on their own custom linkages. They're building a lot of parts unique for the suspension beyond it just being WP kit stuff. Um, so right there, I mean, they basically have a factory-level technician and they're willing to, make certain parts they need. Um, so I think Jeremy's done that and, and focused on giving Derek the best platform. So the first year Derek's ever been on a team two years in a row where he has everything he needs to build and grow off of. Um, so I think it was really smart for them to stay together. Derek had an opportunity with another team that would have been a paycheck. Um, but I think he also made a great decision to, get, to kind of gamble on himself again in a sense of like he knew how good the program was getting and how good the bike is um, and, and how well they're all meshing together. So I, I think they both made the best choices possible. I, I think Jeremy put all the help in the right places and a little bit beyond the bike. They did step up, step up for the guys in terms of, of, 
uh, trainers and the way the program's done is to, to ease their their stress a little bit. Um, and then again, I, I like I said, Derek has had a money offer on the table from a still pretty decent team. I don't want to blood out. It's it's one that made some pretty big acquisitions this year themselves, but he uh, he chose to stay put. And again, uh, it, it's really hard to race that many years and turn down getting a nice paycheck. Um, but again, I think he's in that position where if he can kind of double down another year and improve, whether it's the AO team grows and he gets to stay with them in even a bigger capacity, or maybe finally a factory team comes in knocking. Um, but I think he, he made the best decision to, to put himself there again. Well, now it's time for the 6D helmets pick picks for oh, Houston. One, one, last thing, oh. one last thing. The only thing that's really a, a negative about Derek Kelly at the moment is, is Troy, Troy Burdog just trying to steal the spotlight. Like he, like he's been with him so long, unlike the Moto X pod show. So I, I just think that's slightly, you know, just slightly a negative weighing down this program at this point. <laughs> well, I consider, <laughs> I do consider Troy a friend, but he is very good at trying to steal my guys. He's trying to take chis from me in the past. You know, you go ahead, Troy. You put your stickers on their, you look, you put your little pretty stickers on their helmets. But when it all comes down to it, they come back to the Moto X pod show. So, uh, hey, one more piece of news before we get to the six D helmets pick from Houston. March Banks is out, uh, surgery in February, and Kilroy. Uh, why am I blanking on uh, Preston Kilroy is going to be riding that bike, I believe, right? Yeah, they done. I found out about that day one, but the team was very nicely asking to keep it a secret. Um, Kilroy's bike was already loaded on the track. They've known for a while that Garrett wasn't going to make the opening round. Um, so yeah, Preston Kilroy um, has been training at Club MX. Was already going to ride the Yamaha anyways. Was already buying a lot of stuff. So they've just kind of put him in as a, as a fill-in. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that's in a position where per team sponsors, like they have a minimum re- required amount of riders, so they've, they've filled that spot. Preston, like they said, believes in their program, has been their training. So, yeah, we'll see Kilroy in. Um, I didn't even read the PR. I'm not sure how long March Banks is out. I'm guessing I'm guessing he's missing for coffee, most of it, if not all of it, or something. I would think if he's not having surgery until, well, I mean, it's February now, but he said – in February, he told me yesterday the surgery's in February, so I don't know. I'm sure early, probably this Ooh. week. But yeah, that's I can't imagine. He's got to wait till outdoors. Just get get yourself back in shape and get ready for outdoors. Um, I do have one other piece of news for you. Uh, while we've been sitting here, I was kind of scrolling through Instagram, um, looking at uh, I think it's Brian Dean's uh, Instagram story. Hayden Hayden was on the pro bike today. Ah. Star. So there you go again. I think he's racing, and for anybody wondering how you tell the difference, well, it just sounds really dumb. They run all blue plastic on the 250. They run black plastic on the on the on the pro bike, uh, or they run all blue plastic on the M bike. They run all black plastic on the pro bike. He had the full pro bike kit on the bike he was riding today, and he was also running his three digit number jersey. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, very very dumb little call out, but yeah, I I, I think he's interesting. Okay. Uh, since its inception, almost 12 years ago, 6D Helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. You need that, TJ. From the original ATR1 to a successor, the ATR2, the goal is to develop oh, a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative, forward-thinking technology that would change the market, improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmets. The helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you, you will purchase. So visit 6dhelmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. Uh, Scotty, you go first. 450 picks for Houston. Um, I actually have a, I have a question first oh before we God. go. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Um, you can't I would just do I, anything. 
I just I was just thinking and realizing that we haven't seen a sand section yet. We had a sand section at A two. Yeah, okay. I'm just an idiot. TJ. He is just who are your picks for? He, he doesn't even get to pick now. I don't get to pick. He doesn't even get to pick. TJ, who are your picks? Anderson and the two fifty. No, first through third, four fifties. Oh, okay. Oh, mm. ML. Who are your picks? Jesus, hold on. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Where was the sand section at? <laughs> Seriously. Are you serious? After the big triple and the, the, the turn triple, it was like a right. they were Oh, wait, okay. It was like a little right whoop. It was like a little whoop. Okay. It was, yeah. I it guess was that, sand, bro. I it guess was that sand, was bro. sand. It, yeah. it was just oh, had it was a dark. sand. It wasn't like white sand. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know sand had to be white. Oh, I'm sorry. White sand is the only <laughs> sand that can <laughs> They got to race the Bahamas. I didn't. <clears throat> can somebody give me their picks? Well, you keep to, interrupting you cut, us. You cut us off because you're such a dick. Everybody <laughs> thinks you're a nice guy, but they don't deal with you on like a regular basis. Scotty. Well, I would be nervous if I was him. We're talking about white sand. Somebody's going to label this show as racist because we can't talk about dark dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the whitest oh, guy in the group. Yeah. Ah. 450 picks, Scotty. Um, I think... Uh, <laughs> dude, I can't think. <laughs> I can't think. Sure. Yeah, hey, right. hey, guys, come back in like 10 minutes. We'll have a second, no, second place, Tomac. Third place, um, Chase. Look oh, at yeah. that. I win. I beat all y'all, even ML, but you didn't give him a chance. I'm I'm going Sexton, Tomac, Webb. ML. Damn, I forgot. Tomac, Webb, Sexton. Okay. Do you got to pick yours? Actually, no. No, no, no. Oh, I'm scratching my. All right. No, no, no. Web, 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 web for first win of the season, third winner of the season. Web, Tomac, then Sexton. I have Web, Eli Chase. I'm the only one that, that believes in Anderson. Yeah, why should I say Anderson's going to win now? No, because what, <laughs> what's going to happen is my boy Jason Anderson's going to get upset with somebody, and he's going to be too busy worrying about those people instead of going out and winning a race. He's going to go yell at Justin Starling or rev his bike. At- doesn't, doesn't, based on your reaction right now, doesn't sound like he's yo boy. I'm frustrated with him, ML. I, 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 as I said in the press conference when I was talking to him, like you lost your mind a few times last year. Stop doing that. Go race. Quit worrying about everybody else. See, I, I was just listening to your your part on on Pope where you were talking about that, and you know he's mentioned in the past that like after he won the 18 championship, he was burned on on it. He didn't like didn't even care. I really don't think that you were talking about if he keeps doing this stuff, there's no way he can be a title contender. Well, I don't it's think likely. I don't think I said no way, but it, well, okay. if he keeps going and worrying about other people instead of See, worrying about the race, I point. I think I think that's what he what keeps him going. I think having that that fire that that the argument or, you know, that little bit of beef or whatever it is, the drama, I think that's what keeps him enticed into the into the racing. I think that's what keeps his... You his, may be right. I, think that, I don't think he really cares, honestly, if, if he's if he wins the title or not. I, I would stop right oh, you're there. You're wrong he, about that. See, like, you should have stopped when you stopped because he said, I think you may be right. That's the first time he yeah. may have ever agreed with you, but you kept going uh, and you ruined I, I think it. those distractions maybe... He does enjoy them a little bit, but no, I, I really believe he wants to win a championship again, but he's not going about it the right way, in my opinion. Uh, ML, any thoughts before we wrap this thing up on Jason Anderson and this, this topic that just randomly came up? Uh, yeah, I hope he kind of quits getting in with our guys because nah, I, I, he, guys like him do not continue to race at this level, do not continue to train that hard if they don't want to win championships. Yeah. Otherwise, Ain't gonna show up. 
I agree. Yeah. Um, I I do think like I I don't know with with the Barsha thing. Like I just think his his personality maybe he just gets a little fiery, little little cheesy. Not saying whether he enjoys that or not. It's just part of him. It is what it is. Um, I just I just hope it, it mellows out a little bit for the rest of the season. That's how I feel. All right, we're gonna wrap this thing up. I want to thank. Our presenting sponsors, Race Tech and Boyson, as well as FXR X Brand. Do not forget to email us, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, X Brand. We'll pick a random winner for a set of Lucids. Go ahead and throw your address in there, name and address, so that we can, if we pick you, we can send them out. But also want to thank Guts Racing, 60 Helmets, WSA, Prox, Motul, and Luxon. We appreciate all our sponsors. Please use them, support them, use those discount codes that are available, and give some love back to the show. Michael Lindsay, thanks for hanging out on the show. Thanks to Jeremy Martin. And um, unfortunately, obviously, hey, Dingen didn't make it on, but Austin Ford. What did I say? Funny? I did, didn't I? <laughs> uh, TJ Scotty, thanks for being in the studio, guys. That's it. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>